With us today is Gordon G. Chang uh, to tell us about what the heck is going on uh, in the Far East with China. Uh, and it's five days after the election. And uh, Gordon, tell us, tell us, where do you think we are with the election of Xi Jinping, the continuance of uh, Joe Biden's being president of the United States, and the Senate and Congress? Well, it looks like the Congress is going to be Republican. The Senate is still up in the air. What say you? Well, two things about China right now that are of particular importance to the United States. Uh, later this week, um, President Biden is going to meet with Xi Jinping on the sidelines of the G20 in Bali in Indonesia. And this conversation, as some people say, it, is the first summit of the Second Cold War. What's important is that Xi Jinping is probably not prepared to talk to the United States in good faith, because on November 8th, our election day, Xi Jinping actually talked to the Chinese military, said prepare for war. That we've heard before. What we didn't really hear before is something else that Xi said, and that is he said that the international situation for China is unstable and uncertain. Now, that can't be true because nobody is threatening China. And so those comments sound unhinged, unless he was referring to China's internal situation, because China right now is quite fragile. And because China is fragile internally, that makes Xi Jinping really, I think, more incentive to um, reach out and um, invade some neighbor or cause some problem around the world. So right now, China is extremely dangerous. And that means President Biden is talking to Xi Jinping at a consequential moment. How do you think the American people should react to this? I mean, there was an election, uh, and uh, uh, the GOP did not get the amount of congressional seats they originally imagined to. Uh, they did not get 53, 54 uh, Senate seats that they imagined to. Is it that the American people don't understand the seriousness of what's going on in the world? Give me Gordon Jang's Gordon opinion. Oh, I certainly was surprised by the results on, on November 8th. Um, I don't do internal politics, but um, I thought that there would be um, at least some evidence of a Republican wave. Um, but in China, though, um, or with regard to China, um, both sides of the political aisle are more or less in agreement about China. And so the results of November 8th probably will not affect to a great extent uh, China policy. Um, because there are certain things that are going to happen regardless of uh, who's in control of the houses of Congress. But the thing here, John, though, is that neither of the parties is at a point where they understand the urgency and the severity of the situation with China. So I'm concerned that we are not preparing ourselves with the rigor that is necessary. Understood. Um, what else would you like to tell the American people? Um, there was a very interesting development just a few hours ago. Catherine Tai, the U.S. trade representative, um, actually invited uh, industry groups to comment on the Section 301 tariffs. These were the tariffs that were imposed in 2018 by President Trump for the theft of U.S. intellectual property by China. I don't think that the USTR should be inviting uh, companies to ask for waivers or exemptions. Um, and the fact that this happened just after Election Day really, to me, is, um, can't be co coincidental. Should the, uh, the American people be concerned? 
I think we should be very concerned for any number of different reasons. And, and really the most important is that we have a White House and we have a Pentagon, both the senior civilian leaders like uh, Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin, but also the three and four stars who understand, yes, of course, there's a threat by China, but they don't understand how urgent it is. And because of that, I think China can take us by surprise. And it's not just necessarily Taiwan. It could be Japan or the Philippines, with which we have treaty relationships. could be India. could be any sort of um, very provocative intercepts in the global commons, either in the sea or in the air. Um, China right now is pushing out in um, two directions, to its south and to its east. And that really means that we're at risk. Um, an, an update on the relationships between China, Russia, India. Are they forming a, a, a more permanent alliance? Well, certainly China and Russia are the core of a new axis. And uh, part of that axis also includes North Korea and Iran, possibly Algeria. Um, many people made uh, thought it was significant that Xi Jinping, in his meeting with uh, German Chancellor Olaf Scholz, said that Russia shouldn't use nuclear weapons. But we've got to remember that it's not only Putin who has been threatening the use of nukes, but also the Chinese themselves going back, especially to July of last year when they threatened Tokyo with incineration, September when they uh, went after Australia, March when they went after everybody in the world, threatening worst consequences. So um, I don't know what's going on inside uh, that uh, Moscow-Beijing axis. But um, there's a lot of developments that we don't know. But I'm afraid that they are getting closer together, not farther apart. And who else would, in, would join this access? Um, clearly the North Koreans, because um, as the Chinese and the Russians have been making threats of first strikes of their nuclear weapons, uh, North Korea, for the first time uh, a little while ago, threatened first use. You know, North Koreans have for years threatened to use their nukes against the United States or South Korea, but it's always been in the context of North Korea being attacked first. What we heard a few months ago was um, North Korea threatening preemptive use of their nukes, first strikes, and that is in line with what China and Russia are, are threatening. Um, so uh, clearly North Korea is a part of this. Iran has been supported by China uh, in its activities throughout the Middle East. Um, Algeria uh, has been threatening Morocco, um, and Algeria is a friend of both Russia and China. So there are a lot of things that are going on um, right now, and they, that's an axis which I think is going to so only solidify over time. And Iran? Certainly Iran, um, because um, people right now in the Middle East, um, especially in the Gulf Cooperation Council countries, are complaining that the Biden administration is not doing enough to counter Iranian terrorism, which everybody in the region knows is fueled by Chinese money. So um, this is China and Iran working very, very closely together. It's not just that big 25-year partnership that they announced last year. It's day-to-day -day cooperation between Moscow and Tehran, and between now, Beijing and Tehran. Understood. Now, uh, Saudi Arabia, always an ally of the United States of America, but not happy at what Washington was doing, has become a money ally as far as the price of crude oil is concerned with Russia. 
because they both want $100 oil to, to, to feather their own nests. Now, there's a conflict of, of money, $100 oil, or the United States, people like me, want to see $65, $70 oil and reduce inflation. Where do you see that Saudi Arabia-Russian, uh, well, I don't want to say access, just relationship. Uh, deepening cooperation. And also, um, there's deepening cooperation between Saudi Arabia and China, even though on the issue of oil, their interests conflict. China wants cheap oil. Uh, Saudi Arabia wants expensive oil. Um, but there's talks of uh, Xi Jinping uh, going uh, to Saudi Arabia soon, though that has not been firmed up. Um, you know, the Biden administration uh, and President Biden himself think that they can um, severely criticize uh, the House of Saud and there would be no consequences. Well, there are consequences. Got to remember that one of the reasons why we won the Cold War is because Saudi Arabia cooperated with Ronald Reagan in reducing the price of hydrocarbons, which then um, made uh, the Soviet Treasury bare. Um, and that was a purposeful um, Reagan um, plan to basically starve out the Soviet Union. And we had Saudi Arabia's critical help on that. Now Saudi Arabia seems to be playing for the other side, and that's the result of some very bad policies of the Biden administration. So the American people need to understand that uh, there are consequences for um, going out of our way to irritate a country, which is absolutely crucial for America's interests, not only in the Middle East, but around the world as well. Understood. Anything else? we got a minute left. The, the thing that I'm concerned about and certainly I'm looking at is that we Americans are not talking to our friends. When Biden goes to the G20, um, he's going to have fruitless conversations with Xi Jinping. And we know exactly what uh, the Chinese want. Um, we don't need to actually sit down and talk with them because the Chinese tell us every day. What we need to be doing at the G20, John, is talking to our friends and allies, not to um, our adversaries and enemies. Um, it just seems we need to solidify our friendships. The Biden administration is not doing that. Understood. Um, anybody who wants to be kept up to date, it's uh, his uh, Gordon Chang's Twitter is at Gordon G. Chang, and you'll be up to date on what's going on in the Far East. Thank you, Gordon, for letting all Americans know and keeping them up to date. Thank you, John, and God bless. God bless America. Thank you. With crime running rampant in New York, you need to keep yourself and your family safe. Obtaining your concealed carry firearm licenses can be difficult and time-consuming. That's where MyFirstPistol.com comes in. They'll help you secure your concealed carry license. If you're looking for a pistol, premise, rifle, or shotgun license, call 347-559-7052. 347-559-7052. You must have a valid firearm license issued by the NYPD to purchase, possess, or shoot a handgun or pistol in NYPD. I see.